Hello again, and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue. I'm the managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite games of the year, Marvel's Spider-Man. For those of you not familiar with Spider-Man, he is a superhero that was bitten by either a radioactive or genetically modified spider, depending on the telling, and now uses his superpowers to clean the streets of Manhattan and New York in general from criminals of all kinds. Uh, thank you. That'll be the episode. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man was a game released by Insomniac Games in September of this year uh, to fantastic reviews. As I said, it's absolutely one of my favorite games. Uh, but one of the continuing online discussions has been around some of the suits that have been added. In the Marvel Spider-Man game, you can play uh, as Spider-Man with a number of different costumes, uh, some of which are invented by Insomniac and some of which are from uh, other sources. But one of the things that people have really wanted to see, at least by volume online, has been what they're calling the, the Raimi suit in reference to Sam Raimi, the director of uh, the 1990s and 2000s Spider-Man movies, uh, the, uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And uh, that hasn't been forthcoming. Uh, the third DLC and final announced DLC for the game uh, is coming out soon, uh, perhaps in December, as was originally scheduled, perhaps a little bit later. Uh, and there has been no reference to whether or not the, the Raimi suit uh, would appear in the game. Uh, until yesterday on Twitter, uh, some of the Insomniac folks had some, some interesting messages, some of which I think have been interpreted in a way that maybe doesn't make sense to me as a lawyer as much as it might make sense to someone who's not looking at this from a licensing or contract standpoint. So with that all being said, uh, let's take a look at some of these. Um, so we can see uh, from uh, uh, Push Square... The way they've interpreted some of the comments that were made yesterday, Spider-Man PS4 dev pushes back against fan criticisms regarding DLC. Uh, and this is in response to a series of Insomniac tweets yesterday uh, that essentially finished with, come on, Insomniac, you said you were listening with a picture of the Sam Raimi suit. And Insomniac Games saying, listening doesn't mean we always will do what people tell us to. We hear you. Hearing doesn't mean we always act or follow which is all very apt here, um, but I'm not sure it tells the whole story. Certainly this article interprets that as saying uh, we don't have to deliver the Raimi suit, we maybe won't deliver the Raimi suit, we hear you, but we don't want to for some reason. And they say that while it always takes on board feedback and requests from fans, it isn't necessarily going to act on all of it. Sounds like a personally reasonable approach, especially for a game as popular as Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, leaving aside the Raimi suit that everyone seems to want, catering for everyone's requests on a game like this would be probably impossible. And you certainly see with Marvel Spider-Man other kinds of internet flame-ups that happened before it launched, kind of during it launched. Uh, Puddlegate, uh, where essentially the water effects that were shown at E3 were reduced in some, in some ways uh, for the final release game. Uh, and there was a, an absolutely lovely video done by Digital Foundry at Eurogamer that talked about why that might be the case, essentially related to the, the screen space reflections and reflection techniques they're using in puddles, that it's not the power of the PlayStation, et cetera, et cetera. Certainly, if you've played Marvel's Spider-Man, you can see how gorgeous it is in, in real time. Uh, but the reason I have made this video, the reason I want to talk about this issue at all is, is just because that's what they're seeing doesn't tell the whole story of what we're looking at. And I think what does tell the story a little bit better and a little bit more clearly, I, I, I almost said honestly there, but there's nothing dishonest about what Insomniac Games is, is saying as an entity here. It's just what it's not saying, um, is in the, the tweets of, of James Stevenson, who uh, tweeted this 
in response to the same, the same issues that Insomniac was discussing. Note to game fans, if a game developer and its devs don't talk about something, it's because they either don't want to for reasons, or they can't for reasons. There are always reasons. Now, I don't think this is the silver bullet that some think it is, uh, insofar as what uh, Mr. Stevenson is trying to say, insofar as uh, they don't want to for reasons uh, is a terribly broad uh, category to place reasons that you won't talk about something. Those reasons could be uh, because it makes us look bad, uh, because we're bad people, because we're evil, uh, because we're mean. Uh, But that all being said, that's not what he's trying to get at here. Clearly what he's trying to get at here is, hey, we haven't said anything about the Raimi suit. We haven't said it's not in the game. We haven't said it is in the game. We're not doing that for fun. We're doing that because there are reasons behind that. And one of those reasons I personally think, uh, and I'm not privy to this, the tweets are not legal advice, videos are not legal advice, blog posts are not legal advice, um, is that the legal situation is a lot more complicated for this particular suit than one might imagine. So let's take a look just for fun at some of the ownership rights that attach to the original Spider-Man movie. Because unlike some of the suits that appear in Marvel's Spider-Man, the Insomniac video game, the Spider-Man movie has a number of other rights attached to it. As we can see from the Wikipedia entry for the 2002 film, after progress on the film stalled for nearly 25 years, it was licensed for a worldwide release by Columbia Pictures in 1999 after it acquired options from MGM on all previous scripts developed by Canon Films, Carol Co., and New Canon. So those are a couple of people that might have some ownership rights in the intellectual property associated with this movie. It's directed by Sam Raimi. It's produced by Laura Ziskin and Ian Bryce. The production company is Marvel Enterprises, which is not the same as the current Marvel entity because this was before Marvel became Marvel and the MCU became the MCU and Disney bought Marvel, etc., etc. It's also produced by Laura Ziskin Productions. It's distributed by Columbia Pictures, which is a subsidiary of Sony uh, and why we know Spider-Man is a Sony Pictures uh, uh, product at this point. And we know that Sony has a relationship with Marvel that resulted in Spider-Man's Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home and his presence in uh, Captain America's Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, and that these relationships, these license rights get very, very complicated because although Spider-Man is a Marvel character, his likeness and his story was licensed in any number of ways while Marvel was hurting for cash back in the day, and now that it isn't hurting for cash, has been essentially either licensed or quasi-licensed back to Marvel in certain respects, uh, from a from a film standpoint, but in association with that, uh, we can assume that based on the fact that Marvel Spider-Man is a Sony exclusive and, and looks to be a Sony exclusive and have and Sony seems to have some ownership rights over that, that there were license rights passed back and forth between Marvel slash Disney and Sony in respect of Marvel Spider-Man and the game, but that wouldn't attach to the license rights that would be associated with this older uh, movie, this older motion picture. Um, and we also see one other character in, in this whole mix um, that may or may not have any rights, uh, but it's always important when we're talking about costumes to remember that there are actual people that design these things or actual uh, production houses that could design these things either in affiliation with or under the, uh, the control of the, the production house, the actual producing entity of the movie. So here we have a discussion of actually the, the costume designer, James uh, Ackeson, 
um, talking about how he designed the costume. He's been in a number of talks. He's a pretty famous costume designer, an Oscar-winning costume designer. And when you get to that level of fame, sometimes the personnel have some rights in in the costume. Not that they can make their own Spider-Man movie, uh, but that they could potentially uh, have rights to say, you can't use this until I give my consent. And when we're talking about these issues under the law, Anytime you have to go get someone's approval, you should think of that as dollar signs. You should think of that as someone else that needs to have either a royalty cut or an upfront payment, somebody that needs to get something in exchange for that consent. Uh, just like we saw with the the Marvel-Sony alliance for Spider-Man Homecoming because Marvel wanted Spider-Man to be in the Avengers so much, Marvel agreed to essentially give them uh, creative help on their movies while Sony collects a, a, the lion's share of the box office profits. And so whenever you talk about getting permission for one of these kinds of things, you have to think about it that way. You have to think about it as you need to go pay people off and we first need to figure out who those people are. So somewhere, some someday, whether it was earlier this year, whether it's now, uh, some in-house counsel, outside counsel, some lawyer for Insomniac Games or for Sony had to go and say, all right, who owns the right to this costume? Uh, if I can figure out who owns the right to this costume, uh, what do we have to pay for using the rights to this costume? And if I have to pay for the rights to this costume, uh, is it, am I going to make more money on the DLC selling it than I would spending the money to purchase it. And those are all considerations. And so when we see Mr. Stevenson of Insomniac, he's the community manager for Insomniac, say, there are things we can't talk about. I think it's important for people to understand the situation here. The fact that they haven't said the Sam Raimi suit isn't coming to the game, I think is very telling. I think it means that they have at least gone down the road a little bit of figuring out who has the rights uh, and figuring out what it would take to put the Raimi suit in the game. It wouldn't surprise me if the asset itself, because it's a suit that they can put together pretty easily, a skin, uh, is already uh, available to be put in the game once they get the green light from the lawyers. Uh, the lawyers have to go and figure out what the license pathway is, what the intellectual property pathway is. For a movie that came out 16 years ago with rights that go a decade or two before that, figure out whether they can, and can figure out who owns those rights what those people wanted to get consent to use of those rights in Marvel's Spider-Man, because these folks aren't generally going to be profiting directly from the seeing the, the, the Raimi suit Spider-Man in Marvel's Spider-Man, except perhaps by maybe encouraging folks to go and check those movies out. And if they do pay those folks, uh, whether or not the, the DLC will make more money because the Raimi suit's in there. And those are all questions for the business folks. But if the lawyers can't figure out who the rights belong to and, and whether or not they can get consent, then there's, no, then there's no movement there. I think the confusion happens because Sony and Marvel have clearly already licensed the video game rights. They've already approved Marvel's Spider-Man. They've gone through that whole process. But people don't think about the fact that other folks have rights in this particular piece of, of intellectual property. They think of it as a Sony movie, and it must be pretty simple. Uh, but even within Sony, even if Sony had the entire rights to it, and this always confuses people in big organizations, the different subsidiaries, Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, Insomniac's kind of second party relationship with Sony isn't the same as Columbia Pictures, isn't the same as Sony Pictures, isn't the same as their, their movie side of the business. And the folks within any large organization can be incredibly territorial about 
their own bottom line, their own financials. And so you could have, even if all the ownership lives in Sony, a Sony Pictures side saying, we need X amount of dollars to put on our internal books to show that we got value for this and that we weren't taken advantage of and to, to make it look good for our bosses. And Sony Interactive Entertainment and, and the Insomniac side and Marvel Spider-Man side saying, that doesn't make sense to us. Um, we need to have a better deal. And until that deal is done, until the signature is on the bottom line, is on the page, there's no reason to tell people that the Raimi suit is coming. There's no reason to tell people that the Raimi suit isn't coming. And so when you're thinking about this situation, I think it's it's fair to take Insomniac's comments that say, we're listening, but it doesn't mean we're going to do anything. And hey, there's reasons that we can't talk about stuff as... Whenever you're in the midst of a negotiation, when you're talking to someone and saying, hey, what will it take to get the, the rights here? What will it take to get your consent? When you talk about negotiating leverage, what you definitely don't want to do is put yourself in a position that you can't walk back from. So if they're in negotiations, if they're in this gray area, and I think from their comments, I think we can interpret that they are, obviously just speculation on my part, but the fact that they're saying they can't talk about things, your answers don't, your, your prayers don't always get answered when you ask us the things, isn't saying no. It's saying don't expect it. Because if they lean into you should expect it, suddenly the people on the other side of the table, the people with the rights that they need to get the consent from, have all this leverage. If they have this huge customer base that thinks that they've been promised something to, the people that have to give that consent can see that. They can say, oh, well, Insomniac, now that you've said the Raimi suit is definitely going to be in, you can't walk that back without looking like real bad people. So the price just tripled. And Insomniac has to be very careful about not doing that. Their lawyers are very smart to say, hey, don't say anything. Don't talk about this. If we get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't. We don't want people to be overly disappointed, even though you can see in articles that that's happening to some extent. But when we're in negotiations, you don't give up extra information that you don't have to. And that's for the best interest of the company. That's for the best interest of the consumers. That gives you the best chance of getting that Raimi suit in the game at a price that's reasonable to everybody else. Because if that price gets too expensive, it's very easy for the financial guy, for the numbers guy to say, hey, look, I don't know what you think the increase in DLC pop we're going to get from adding this suit is, but it's not this X amount of dollars that they're asking to get this approval. So no, I'm canceling it. We can't put that suit in, put another suit in, and, and everybody will be happy and no one will know the, no, no one will know the difference. Um, so that's, again, that's just my two cents on this, but I do think that the legal landscape, the environment that you're looking at with something like this is a lot more complicated than maybe some of the, the game journalism outlets say some of the, certainly some of the tweets and, and, and Twitter folks say. And so if I can add anything to the world on this topic in a virtual legality or elsewise, it would be everything is a network of intellectual property licenses. Everything is a network of contracts. And when you bring in more parties, when you bring in more people to the table, Things get more expensive, and if you if you let people know that something's coming, things get even more expensive from there. So that's why you see this silence. It's not because Insomniac's a bad actor. It's not because they're mean. It's not because they're trying to keep secrets. It's because there are things going on behind the scenes, and when those things are going on behind the scenes, it makes sense to keep them behind the scenes so that the cost doesn't skyrocket and so that the ultimate answer isn't always and obviously no. Um, with that all being said, thank you very much for listening. If you like this video, uh, please like it. Please subscribe to my channel. I talk a lot about uh, virtual legality. I talk a lot about uh, software and video games and digital law uh, and things that interest me. I also talk a lot about Michigan sports. 
you can also find me on Twitter at Hoglaw, where I'm tweeting about these things, where I'm discussing these issues. Um, but please uh, do like, do subscribe, and thank you so much for watching. Please let me know any feedback you have. Any and all commentary is appreciated. Uh, and and thanks, thanks so much again.